My name is Matt Crump. I've been known as a lot of things over my life. The class clown, the army guy, the rocker guy, the car guy, and the guitar guy. I've also made a lot of mistakes in my life, but the best thing I ever did, let's give my heart and life to Jesus Christ. He led me down a lifelong path and introduced me to my awesome bride, Rockin' Robin, blessed us with two incredible kids, and has given me a hope through some of the absolute toughest times of my life. See, I'm battling stage four cancer, and although that sucks, <laughs> it's opened my eyes and heart to a hope I never knew this way before and moments I never noticed. I call those God's Got This Moments, and they reveal hope like never before. Today, I'd like to welcome you to Hope Revealed. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Hello. And for those of you tuning in for the first time, this is Hope Revealed, and I'm your host, Matt Crump. And I come to you every Tuesday with episodes of Hope, of Help, and Health. Sometimes we have guests, and hopefully that'll be soon. I've got a few things in the works, so you don't have to just keep on listening to me every every Tuesday. But uh, I'm working on it. This is new, so we're having some fun with it, right? So uh, if you are interested in being a guest on our podcast here at uh, Hope Revealed, just give me a shout out. Uh, you can hit me up at our uh, our ministry email at community at godsgotthis.love. I'd be happy to uh, talk with you about that. So, you know, once we all have folks on here that help us in the world of health and healthcare, as uh, well as ways to find hope through that information. Uh, because as a person myself dealing with stage four cancer, I wanted to bring a platform to you that would specifically bring hope as well as help. So that can be done through the special guests I just talked about, information I've been able to locate, and information from emails and messages I receive from you, our listeners. That's where sometimes, I don't know, somebody sends me something and I get a... Uh, spark in my in my in my heart about something and uh, a word or phrase or a thought hits me and i dig into it and that's where podcasts come from could be i just anything you know so if there's something you'd like me to research or dig into send it to me and i'd love to uh, look at it and do a podcast about it right you can always email us here like i said at community at god's got this dot love for question comments or content all right so on today's episode we're going to talk about something big and that something big is you. I hope you'll stick around for the next few minutes. I look forward to hearing back from you after today's show in the comments section of the podcast. We really do value your input, and I can't wait for you to feel empowered to feel.
That's what I'm talking about, right? All right, we're back. We're talking about something big today. You can see it on the news. You hear it on the radio. Someone every day is living at large, making a dream a reality and doing something big. Maybe you want to be the next Charles Dickinson and write an incredible book that lasts for generations. Perhaps a, a bit more like Jorge Paulo Leman. That's right. A name not too familiar. And that's how he likes it. He's one of the top five richest people in the world. He lives in Sweden. He owns a few things, one of which is a little store you may have heard of called H&M. Jorge is worth over 24 billion, that's with a B, billion dollars. It could be that you want to do something big to leave your mark on the world, something small like maybe Tim Berners-Lee. Uh, he did, and he's still alive. Yeah, Tim, you probably heard of him, right? Well, he's the man who invented the three little letter letters we use every day, WWW. Yep, that's right. Contrary to some beliefs, he actually invented the internet. Wow. You see, a person doesn't have to have the prerequisites of being famous to do something big. Today, let's talk about the next biggest thing here on planet Earth. This person may not currently be watched by Fox or CNN or CNBC or MTV or TMZ, but is being watched by G-O-D, right? Yeah, the person I'm talking about, the one who is really something big, that's you. Y-O-U. Yep, you. Don't, oh, don't doubt yourself. If you have ever been to church more than five times in your life, maybe you haven't, but if you have, and, uh, there's a probability you may have heard this scripture. Here's how it goes from the New Living Translation. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah 29, 11, That means something big. I've been passionate and a passionate person my entire life. I haven't always been focused though, but I've been passionate. I have always wanted to and felt the drive for greatness. I sure don't mean that in some egotistical way. I hope that doesn't come across that way. Although there was a time in my life that it probably would and I wouldn't have admitted it then uh, that I was really that way. I mean, I feel like I always felt there was something more, something I was supposed to do to leave a mark something to bring transformation. When I was in high school, I left the last two years of my regular high school in my junior year to go to vocational school. I went for a program called Marketing, Sales, and Services. Why? I felt like I wanted to, to own my own business one day. Well, fast forward over 30 years and I have. Not just one business, but several. And I'm still going. Well, Matt, that's okay for you, but but I'm not wired that way. Really? Okay, I'll give you that we're not all alike. We're not all wired the same way. Some are the life of the party and some can't wait to get home from the party. <laughs> some want to run the business and some are just fine working quietly in the back of the business. That much is true. However, here's the truth spelled out in Ephesians 1, 11 through 12 says in the message, it's in Christ that we find out who we are 
and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, he's working out in everything and everyone. Ephesians 1, 11 through 12. That's, that's powerful. We got two powerful scriptures today. We're going to break them down here in just a moment. So uh, make sure you get your pen and your paper out and start taking some notes. Uh, don't forget on Thursdays, I will release the blog, which is pretty much the manuscript of today. And you'll be able to have the notes there as well for, uh, for copy and paste. And there's a bunch of tweets in here. So uh, be listening. All right. So here are a few foundational points to consider when considering that it is you that is something big on this big blue ball and only called that way by the creator of the universe. No biggie, right? I mean, come on. Whether you like the president, some president, any president, right, of the United States or not, if that president were on TV and that president gave a speech and just stopped and looked dead in the camera, silence, so the world's like, oh, what is he gonna say? And he looks and he says, you know what, Matt Crump? You're incredible. <gasps> There's no one quite like you on the planet, and any company on this earth should be blowing your phone up right now for a chance to have you here. And if you contact this number here at the White House, we'll put you in contact with them immediately. What? Right? That'd be crazy. It's like that, only better. Woo! So, all right, let's get back to those foundational points. Let's start back with Jeremiah 29, 11 that we started with, right? The plans I have for you. All right, so number one. God says he knows the plans. That means he isn't going to make them up as we go. It's not dependent upon what school you finally graduate from, how much money you come from or get to. No. He said he knows. That means, my friends, that you are destined for something big like this. Number two, God said plans for good. He didn't say plans for the worst plans for destruction, plans for you to always fail. No, no, he said something big, something big, good, great. There comes from the Hebrew, so I'm sorry, something big. So the good word there in that part of the scripture um, comes from a Hebrew word called shalem, which in English means a few things like completeness, soundness, welfare, and peace. It also means safe like figuratively, um, well, happy, friendly. Also abstractly, it means welfare. For example, health and prosperity. So when he says good in our language, he means something big, right? So when you just look at scripture, just straight up, you just read it, go through it, and don't spend time with it. Uh, you, you miss a lot. It's not, it's not fully comprehended that way. It takes time. And you go to school, and you're in a class, I don't know, history class, uh, science, uh, literature class, probably even more literature. And you're in the class and you have to read, let's say literature straight up. You have to read a book and you have to do comprehension stuff. You have to write things down to make sure you're comprehending what you're reading and do a book report, right? So if you just read through the book, blasted through it, maybe just caught the big bold points and just kept on going, you would probably fail the test. Maybe some people can squeak by, but for the most part, we'd probably fail because you just don't have enough because you didn't dig in, right? That's what the Word of God's for. It's a place where it, it opens our eyes to the words and revelations from God. And if you'll be willing to dig a little bit into the gold that's beneath the surface of the words, 
uh, you'll find how much treasure is really there. All right, so sorry, that was a side note. Back to the number two thing, plans for good. So he didn't say for the worst or destruction. It's a hard pill to swallow, especially when people are dealing with disaster and horrible things in their lives. We have to realize through all of this that it's not God's fault. Okay, so if it's not God's fault and he loves us, why does he still allow all these bad things to happen? Wow, that is the million, that bazillion dollar question, right? Um, most of it comes down to the fact, and this is, I know, it's not a cop-out, but it's reality. Um, he loves us enough to allow us the freedom to make mistakes or hit it out of the park. And when we make mistakes, he's always there to help us through. And that does mean that bad things will happen because we make some stupid choices down here. So anyway, back to the plans for good. Uh, regardless of what you choose to do, he's already said, I have plans for good for you, not for disaster. You know, recalibrate, move in, dig back in, get back to where you need to be, and he will pick you up and take you and move you on. All right. Uh, we can dig in more to the whole question that is brought up. If you want to talk about that, please contact me where we can spend some more time outside of this podcast to converse about that. I'd love to. All right. Number three, God said not for disaster. Like I said before, not for bad uh, or that's a noun or, or evil, natural or moral or, or one worse or worst. Uh, it means also wretchedness or wrong. Um, and it means not for evil, misery, distress or injury. What? Just when he says uh, not for disaster, all that pops up. Yeah, but I thought God was supposed to protect us. So why did my grandpa die of cancer, or my child die at birth, or my son get killed at war, like we just said, right? Well, as you can see from this one word, it wasn't God. Yeah, we live in a world that has bad things. We have screwed it up pretty good. Why do you think Jesus even had to come back on the scene in the first place? It was so far out of order, so far away from God, because he wanted us in relationships so bad. It took God to bring it back to where it needed to be. And now we have a choice. It might even be better to say the example instead of a choice, to follow Jesus Christ. Yeah, we have to make a choice, but to follow his example. You know, many choose not to. It's an unbalanced world, however, and God, God's plans, they never change. We just need to learn his heart and press more into it, understanding that, yes, you are something big. All right, not for disaster. Number four, God said, give you a future. Wait a minute, a future? But my life sucks. Nothing else is better. Wrong mentality. There's something better, and it comes through you. Something big. The word future from the Hebrew means literally accord as an attachment, figuratively expectancy or expectation or expected, hope, live, live, the thing that I long for. Wow, that is something big to give you a future. That's a big deal. Why not hold on to the truth of what God speaks to us rather than the true of our situations? The true is this sucks, that sucks, this happened, that happened. I feel this way, I feel that way. That's all true. The truth is he's here to give you a future. Speak the future into your life instead of all the junk and the crap, the stuff that you hate anyway. 
Well, then glorify what's good and move into something big. Wow. All right. Number five, God said, and a hope. So to live a life pointless and hopeless is to live exactly the opposite of what he's already said he'll do in you. He has already said there's a plan for a hope. And yeah, it can feel like there's no hope. I understand that. I felt that. Like maybe, I don't know, yesterday. <laughs> for real, I think I did it some moments. All right. But vetikva is a word that means literally a cord as an attachment. Figuratively, expectancy, expected, expectation, hope, living, a thing I long for. That's something big. Wow. A hope like a cord. Mm. So uh, I remember a long time ago, you ever seen those little pictures, like maybe a cat or somebody or something's on a rope, hanging from a rope, and it's just above the ground or high above the ground, and it says, how you feeling? Oh, I'm hanging in there, right? And I, I had a, a, a fellow that I know a long time ago, and he might be listening today. His name's Jerry Hanna, and he's a, a great storyteller. And one of the stories he told, I'll just get to the punchline, but the reality of the whole story was when you're when you're holding on and hanging from ropes and you say you're just hanging in there and, and there's nothing below your feet, that means you're not grounded on anything, right? So I would rather, instead of hanging from ropes, I'm just hanging in here and possibly could fall and die, I'd rather be standing on solid ground and say, I'm standing and I'm believing and I'm moving, right? True is hanging from the rope. Truth is you're grounded. We just did that the, uh, last week, right? The bottom floor. So you're grounded. You get a chance to listen to the bottom floor podcast. Um, I'd rather be grounded than hanging around, right? So uh, that's awesome news. So he gives us a hope. All right. So, so now we're going to uh, look into the plans for what God has for us about something big, right? What is this something big part? All the parts we just read were how to uh, live into our identity, how Christ has, has worked through things for us, how God has created us, uh, their expectancy for us. That is all our, our identity. It's in him. It's not in our experiences, the things we do, what people say about us, our position, none of that stuff. That's not who you are. Your identity is what we just went through in Jeremiah 29, 11. That's part of it. And we're going to move into the whole something big, the do part of now you've been equipped to understand who you are, and we move into the do. All right, so we're going to do that through the Ephesians uh, 1, 11 through 12 scripture I just gave you in a moment, uh, a moment ago. Uh, I'll go ahead and, and reread that for you here. Uh, let me find it back here. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up. He had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. That's great scripture. So let's dig into it a little bit. What's this something big part for me? What's this something big part for you? Number six, in Christ, we find out who we are. Who we are. When you know who you are, you're confident. When you know who you are, you are courageous. So through all we heard, through the plans and purpose that God has for us in Jeremiah, in Ephesians, we find out who we are, and that helps us to be courageous. Number seven, in Christ, we find out what we are living for. You ever had to talk to kids or in school, elementary, like middle school, moving up to high school, and it's time to start thinking about the future. What do you want to be when you grow up? 
And I don't know, maybe an astronaut, maybe a veterinarian. I'd like to explore the world, look for dinosaur bones. I mean, whatever. They got all kinds of ideas, but they never really dig in. And then you've got some folks that are 32 years old, still live with mom and dad, and they're still trying to find themselves, right? <laughs> it's time to grow up and move on. So when we, when we find out who we are and what God's equipped us to be, then it's time for something big, right? So we find out who we are. Number seven, we find out what we're living for. When you know what you're living for, it's the difference from living fully alive to living life on autopilot, right? Just push the button and go sit down and let it take you where it's supposed to go. Hopefully you get there right in the place and you don't crash on the way. Now, that's not how we live. When you know what you're living for, then you are living fully alive fully dedicated, moving into something big and doing something big on your way there. It's amazing, right? Fantastic. So now you know. Know who you are, know what you're living for. Number eight, before we knew Christ had his eye on us. Christ had his eye on us. Christ has his eye on you. So when you read through that scripture, it can be very easy to think of somebody else. Oh, well, he, meant, he meant you, not me. Well, I'm not good enough to be that person, or you know the Bible better than me, you pray better than I do, you go to church, I don't go to church. All those things, excuses, whatever. No, there's no difference. He has his eye on you, just you. The awesome thing about Jesus, I firmly believe this, if there was just one person who was sold out for God, sold out, but lived in a horrible scenario, like uh, the rest of the world was just against him, Jesus would have come back anyway. I mean, they tried it with Noah's Ark. <laughs> right? There was there was a family, there was a guy, there was one guy who was righteous in the Lord's eye, and he did so much, he protected Satan from the loss of the world. He'd have done it for you. And he did, just for you and me. He's so good. He did something big. All right, before we know, Christ had his eye on us. So when you know that Christ has his eye on you individually, well, that empowers you with a pure purpose, driving others to the same place in their life instead of being a person without that confidence who will constantly drag people down and drive people away from their destiny, including one's self. I'd rather live like I know Christ has his eye on me, like he's had it on me from the beginning. It makes you act differently, right? I mean, I've got kids and they're not adults out of the house yet, and they still do stuff like this now, but even when they were smaller, uh, you know when a kid would try to do something and make sure that they could try to get away with it? And they just can't. I knew that there were times, uh, like you, you might know about this, like there's some times where kids would do something and they would close their eyes. And when they close their eyes, little kids, they would think that you can't see them. <laughs> it's like, all right, I've just closed my eyes and I won't be here. Poof, I'm disappearing. I'm, I'm invisible. It's not how it works. Or they try to do something to hide it, right? It, it just doesn't work that way doesn't work that way. Gosh, I had a bad image of a kid picking their nose and trying to, <laughs> it's true. I've seen it before. You know, you have, I didn't pick my nose. Yeah, you did. I just watched you. And I know what you did after that's disgusting, right? I mean, people could try to do things, think you're not looking, try to get away with it. But if you, if people knew that your eyes were on them the whole time, it's really hard to get away with doing that stuff, right? Some of the secret things you do in your closet space, your, your private place, uh, come on, we all have it. Those things that you say or do that you hope, my God, I hope nobody ever hears or sees this. That place, you know what I'm talking about? Imagine if the cameras were on you 24-7. It changes everything, right? 
you're going to be on your best behavior. All right, so Christ had his eye on this. Number nine, he had a design for us for glorious living. Matt, this just sounds so hokey and so crazy. Like, I mean, what is this? Like Hollywood and and Mercedes Benz and, you know, kind (laughs) of, you know, it just, I'll tell you in a second. So design for us a glorious living. When we know who we are, what we are living for, and that Christ had his eye on us. The Hollywood glorious living is not what's being said here. It's a living that honors God in all we do because we know where it came from. It's a person of gratitude, gratitude for what they have, and a person who is humble enough to receive the awards and the rewards of living a glorious life. Yeah, we get stuff, but the difference is the stuff won't get you. That's glorious living. So amazing. When people can see all the great things that you have and the things, not just material, but, uh, you know, great family, um, great mentality, great posture of hope and life and positivity about you. Those types of things don't always have to be money to be a glorious living. And there's nothing wrong with money. Nothing wrong with having stuff. You can have a great car. You can have a Maserati. You can have a, a Lamborghini, whatever. Uh, as long as you live in life the way you should, man, it's hard for people to complain. They might desire it, but it's hard for them to complain. So anyway, he's designed us. He designed us for glorious living. He didn't design us for a poor mentality. He didn't design us to live in a box, a shoebox, or a cardboard box, rather. Shoebox, too small. A cardboard box. There's people that do. I've seen it. I've been there. And it's tough to experience stuff. I'm talking about making a personal choice uh, to to live that way. Versus living a glorious life. You get the idea, right? Okay. We're all grown-ups here. Number 10. This is the last part of the scripture then. He has an overall purpose what he is working out in us. He has an overall purpose what he is working out in us. Yeah, he is. And, and now we know it for sure. There are plans for good and not for disaster. To give us a future and a hope. Mm. And when these, when these points I've just shared with you become not just knowledge in our heads, but more like an, an empowerment to our core, it's then when we can realize that we are made to be a hero, a person who's destined to, to do something big. A hero is a person of bravery. This person has unusually overcome huge obstacles to survive or to rescue others and is willing at any time, at any given moment, to overcome their obstacles and fears. Person falls off a bridge, drops 50 feet to the water below, doesn't know how to swim, starts drowning, nobody else is around, you're afraid of heights, and somehow you get the courage to get up there and jump off the bridge, jump into the water, grab the person and swim to shore. And then you get there and you're like, I don't know how in the world it happened. I don't know what happened. It's because you're going to do something big. There's a hero inside of you. There's a hero inside of all of us. And we can overcome these obstacles. We can do these things. Christ empowered us to do that. Here's a person where integrity, honor, honesty, intelligence, wisdom, action, morality, and love, they all work together in harmony to balance that person through a grounded knowledge and an understanding of their identity in Christ. I'll give you that list again. A hero 
is a person where integrity, honor, honesty, intelligence, wisdom, action, morality, and love. They all work together in harmony to balance that person through a grounded knowledge and an understanding of their identity in Christ. Something big is big when it's never about you individually and always about them collectively. Mm. So my friend, this is your day. This is your week, your month, your year, and your life. You have been equipped. Before you were born, we just read, you've been equipped, empowered, and established by the biggest something big there ever was, is, or will be. I take these words of truth to defeat the true in you. Uh, let's say that again so it doesn't fall flat. Take, take these words, the word of scripture we've been sharing, what they mean. Take these words of truth, that's the truth, to defeat the true of you. When I say what's true of you, I'm saying the part when you quickly think, oh, that would never be me. Or I can't because that kind of truth about you or us for that matter to, to confidence about the truth of what God created in, for, and about you. Knowing these things can only be the fuel needed in our faith tanks to blast us off into something big. Man, are you ready to rock? Are you ready to live into what these things are? You can do it. Dig into these scriptures in Ephesians and Jeremiah. Recite them, memorize them, eat them up. Let them be part of your, of your persona and trust God to say, that's the truth. I choose not to, to look at you. I acknowledge true, but I want to live truth. I confess God's truth about me instead of nitpicking the true about me. I would rather you have to speak the truth about me than to point out all the bad true about me. I would rather you speak the true of healing and life to me than looking at me and telling me, you look all right for having cancer. I can't believe you're still alive. You want to speak the truth to me to say you're supposed to have life and life abundantly instead of, hey, buddy, I know you've been bad. I'm so sorry. That cancer is horrible. It's killing you. That's the truth. I get it's true. But the truth is waiting for us in God's word. And as we speak the truth, that gives us an empowerment to be heroes, to do something big. And can you imagine what can happen through you today? Because God wants to do it. It's not egotistical. Jesus even said, oh, check it out. He said he wants us to do greater things than he did. He wants us to have a book written to say the book of uh, Paul Johnson. <laughs> Hi, Paul, if you're out there. The book of Paul Johnson. Paul Johnson was, was greater, did greater than Jesus Christ. His acts of faith led to miracles that are way beyond what Jesus did. It's exactly what Jesus wants. He came here and gave us some examples of how to do it. And he empowered us. He's equipped you to do more, to do greater things. My friends, you can do because you are something big. You're something big. Be a hero. You're a hero. That's the truth, hero. <laughs> I hope today spoke to your heart. You found some, some truths you can carry with you for the rest of your life. There's hope. Even when you may have doubt, there's hope. So before we go today, I want to share another great scripture that I always share at the end of a podcast from the Bible. And remember, Paul said it to us from, from God's heart in Philippians 4, 6 through 9. Don't worry about anything. 
Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we could understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. It means think about this. Focus on this. Just think about this, the truth, on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Mm. Daddy, surely will, my friends. The choice is yours. I don't think I know you're something big. We just read it today, God's Word. All right, hero, you big person. That being said, don't give in. Don't give up. And never, ever forget, God's got this.